Today is Thursday, January 2nd, 2020, and this is Radio Wave. This is Radio Wave with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. And we're glad to be with you here on this new year, 2020. It seems so far away in 1999. I couldn't even imagine just saying 2020. And here it is, we're there. We're on the verge of our 40th year. It's like a train going down the tracks. It can't be stopped. There's a lot to contemplate. This year is a big year to be seeing and watching what our lady says and what she does. And our message that she gave for this month, for the first year of the decade of 2020. Our Lady Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's January 2nd, 2020 message, given on the day for non-believers through Mariana. Dear children, I know that I am present in your lives and in your hearts. I feel your love. I hear your prayers and direct them to my son. But my children, according to motherly love, I desire to be in the lives of all my children. I desire to gather all of my children around me beneath my motherly mantle. This is why I am inviting you and calling you Apostles of my love to help me. My children, my son pronounced the words of the Our Father. Our Father, who are everywhere and in our hearts. Because he desires to teach you to pray with words and feelings. He desires for you to always be better. To live merciful love, which is prayer and limitless sacrifice for others. My children, give to my son love for your neighbors. Give words of consolation, compassion, and works of righteousness to your neighbors. Everything that you give to others, apostles of my love, my son accepts as a gift. I am also with you because my son desires for my love as a ray of light, to bring your souls to life, for me to help you in the search for peace and eternal happiness. Therefore, my children, love one another. Be united through my Son. Be children of God, who all together, with full, open, and pure heart, 
pronounce the Our Father and do not be afraid. Thank you. There's always things that's amazing in Our Lady's messages, some more so than the others. When Our Lady starts off with this message, to me, is amazing. She says four major things right off the bat. She says, I know that I am present in your lives. Why does she have to say, I know? Why is it important for us to know that she says, I know that I'm present in your lives? We take that for granted that she is. But when we hear that and read that, it's really stark. She's saying, literally, I know that I am present in your lives. I'm saying this to you to make you understand that I am not fictitious. I'm not saying this as something of an example. I know I am present with your lives because God gave that to me. She wants us to understand that. People read these messages. They say they don't get anything out of it. Ali's saying the same thing. I've never seen her say that the way that she said it. Why is it important for us to know? Again, because we are not to wander off to a fable like our lady just tells us niceties. I know that I am present in your lives and in your hearts. What she says here with this sentence, she means it. And it is not a fairy tale. It's something real that we're going to lose one day. The second thing she says following that, I feel your love. It's amazing. We're headed toward 8 billion people on the earth. We've got a good portion of people that do have a devotion to Our Lady, including Muslims. And then she says something to me even more amazing. She says, I hear your prayers. This is an amazing feat that no computer can even come close to it, that she can decipher every person in the world that's saying a prayer or a Hail Mary to her. So it's an amazing thing that she hears every single prayer. Again, is she saying something to be nice, to make us feel close to her? No, this is not fiction. She said, quote, I hear your prayers and direct them to my son. This is beyond our comprehension. We know the visionaries, when the six of them were together, that they could be talking to Our Lady differently, and Our Lady could be talking back to them or saying things to them separately at the same time. Also, Yaakov was bad at school one day, and Our Lady was giving him a scolding. And the other visionaries were not allowed to hear what she was saying to him. That's how much she protects scandalous things. So the other kids wouldn't be scandalous. I'm sure it wasn't something horrible. Our Lady, as a mother, didn't want to demean Yaakov in front of the other five visionaries. So they were not able to hear, but they could see that she was talking to him. They asked him about it, and he shared about it. She was correcting me because I was bad at school today. This is incredible things and insights. And you think there's just simple messages? I hear your prayers and direct them to my son. Then she's got all these baskets. She makes a mosaic out of these prayers. What she also says is roses before the throne of God, her son. And fourthly, she says, I desire to be in the lives of my children. You want to accept that as fiction? 
She's not going to be involved in your life, your personal thing. You're going to the grocery store, something happens, and you almost hit somebody or they almost hit you, and you know you're reflected. Thank you, God. You protected me. How? Because your mother's with you. She's on duty for the world. This is why she said, this is my time. She's the guard on the clock. So our lady goes on and says, I desire to be in the lives of all of my children. I desire to gather all my children around me. Do we just think that's in Medjugorje, at Maria or Mariana's apparition, just those gathered? She says, all my children, the whole world, because all the children, even the bad, the wicked, are her children. How many mothers have bad children? It doesn't change that mother, that that's their child. She's desiring, just if you just talk to her, you start this dialogue with her, and she directs them to her son. That's why Our Lady talks about her son on the second of the month. So in this message, she says, son. How many times? Six times. How many times does she say Jesus? Zero. What do you think that's for? It's for those people, what I've told you before, that we've given Jesus a bad name. So she has to insert something to gather all her children to come to her. Because if it's through Jesus, they don't want the Jesus of many Christians because we haven't lived the life we're supposed to. We've spoken about that many times. This is the stratagem of Our Lady. She's smart. She knows how to bring them in. Well, my son is there. In other words, she's doing what St. Paul says, I want to give you solid food, but I have to give you baby's milk. She's giving this something they can digest and swallow. They can know it's Jesus, but they're looking at the primary thing at Mary. Why? Because that's what God has commissioned her to do. What she said at the beginning, I feel your love, I hear your prayers, and direct them to my son. Why? Because a lot of people won't be praying to Jesus. The Muslims don't. I remember seeing it on TV when we still had TV in the house when George Bush Sr. sent troops in to fight Iraq. And I remember seeing these Muslim women kneeling before an icon of the Virgin Mary. It was an amazing thing. And more amazing than that, you know what they're holding? They're holding rosaries. Not really rosaries, but if you cut your string rosary with a scissor and it's long, that's what those are. It's a string of beads. See, the crossover is not that much. The crossover to love Our Lady and learn who she is through the messages is not that far of a bridge to go across. But Jesus is, but her son isn't. And this message has this characteristics in it that she's showing this. Okay, now she has a son. She mentions six times. I'm directing my prayers to him. Okay, so she's the mother. We know who the son is. And then she goes into the Our Father. And what does she say? She says, my children, my son, pronounce the words of the Our Father. She's not really going to the stratagem of the prayer of our Father. She's going to the stratagem after that, what she says. My children, my son, pronounce the words of the Our Father. And then she goes after that, repeats, Our Father. If you're accepting me as the mother, I'm saying, that's my father. And if that's my son, and you're my son, Jesus is your brother. She's linking us into a family who, neighbors, that don't know God's love. The whole stratagem at the bottom goes toward, how do you break toward these people? My children, give to my son love of your neighbors. 
Give words of consolation, compassion, and works of righteousness to your neighbors. What happens when you do that? You melt their heart. There's many beautiful stories that if you befriend somebody who is even ugly to you, you can open their heart. I've been reading a book, finishing up, called The Only Plane in the Sky. It's the oral history of the crashing of the planes and the towers. And it's fascinating, very emotional, very enlightening, and it shows incredible things in there to the neighbors. You have people in New York, just like everybody else, that has enemies or they don't like somebody else. And the neighbors that had indifferences to them would never speak to each other, would never be friends, would never show empathy to each other or any kind of love or service to them. But what happened, they were united through the towers and the crashing and the whole event. All of New York became one. It's actually hundreds of interviews in the book, and it's broke up in chapters where everybody was at that point, and they covered maybe 15 people what happened on the 105th floor or on the 64th floor. They had brief statements of these people. Well, I was over here. This is what happened to me. Or when they crashed, everybody was running out, and they're all on the same page. They were trying to survive. They were trying to leave. There's one story of one man who was walking, and he's getting blocks away from it, but he's covered with ashes. A lot of them couldn't breathe. They had so much junk in their mouth that they had to dig it out with their fingers. And a lot of them were in shock. One man who came out and who had survived the fire was walking aimlessly. He was a businessman. And a homeless man comes up to him and said, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So even a homeless man had something to give. He showed empathy through that. And it was the man who made the quote in the book who the homeless man talked to. It moved him deeply, neighbor to neighbor. We're in catastrophe. When things go bad, everybody gets on the same page. That night, 9-11, they had church services. All over New York, people were holding hands. There was no differences. Do you think that's going to happen with the secrets? Do you think these kinds of things will happen? Yes, it will. A lot of these people walking out by the thousands, away from it. They were trying to get away. They were evacuating tens of thousands of people. It wasn't just the people in the towers. Everybody was fleeing. They had some bad, bad, bad neighborhoods. Wicked, killers, drug addicts. They had to go from the area into these neighborhoods. You know what happened to these bad people? They were bringing water soaked with rags so they could wash their face and breathe. How does that change from being that morning, who I'm going to rob, who I'm going to kill, what gang I'm going to go after, that they turn into angels to help people. You think the secrets are going to do that? You think the heart of man can change that quick? When you recognize what's going to happen to the secrets, and you know it's from God, we're going to all be together. And only the beast of the great beast of man would stop. Many people were crying because they were 10 feet away on the same floor where their friend got killed or even somebody they didn't like got killed, and they didn't. They escaped. So even if there were enemies, they came together. We're going to have the same effects with the secrets. Do you think what's in Washington would continue if we go through the secrets? And suddenly, both sides, light and dark, are in the same boat. They have something in common all of a sudden. Everything else becomes insignificant. There were storefronts opened up, giving up water, giving food, whatever they need. They didn't care. 
A lot of the firefighters brought people out. They walked back into the building knowing they wouldn't be saved. The catastrophe brought them to a heroic point that many of them gave their lives. So this is why it's important to read, even like this book, The Only Plane in the Sky. I recommend you to read it. You'll get choked up. The heroism, a husband and wife talking, the last 45 minutes of the husband's life and saying his last words and hearing each floor collapse and the husband was gone. In but a moment, everything changes. The sign on the mountain in Medjugorje is not going to be there and then it's going to be there. It's not going to come floating down. The visionary has confirmed to us it's just going to be there instantly. What do you think is going to happen? The same thing at the tower. Repentance, conversion. God, where are you? I need you. Hear my prayers, Mary. I'm taking them to your son. 9-11, there are many multiple acts of goodness, works of righteousness, because God is good, and he can pull good out of evil. He pulled great good out of the flood, because after the flood, the whole world was sanctified. Holiness. It was in the air. So think about 2020. Think about this homeless man and all the people and all the good in the bad neighborhoods. And it says, my children, give my son's love for your neighbors. Give words of consolation. That's what the homeless man said. And compassion and works of righteousness to your neighbor. Everything that you give to others, apostles of my love, my son accepts as a gift. You're given to Jesus. Do not wait on those acts. Act now. Do those works at the present, because what he says, you don't want to be judged for those things that what you could have done, but you did not want to. I can tell you from the moments those planes started hitting all across the country, all across the world, there was a lot of whys. Why is this? Why was one on one floor decided to go outside on the street and the other co-worker stayed there? They died and that was saved. Why? Why is it some that got stuck in a traffic jam and didn't get in to work on time? Why did another's breakfast was late? He didn't make it into the tower by 9 o'clock for his work, where the others went there early. One commercial pilot was to drive Flight 93, but his wife had to have surgery, so he had to cancel that schedule, and he was with his wife. But at the same time, they had to replace him with another pilot. Why did he die? Why did the others not die? Our Lady gave Yaakov an incredible message this Christmas, December 25th, 2019. Do not waver in faith and ask why, because you think that you're alone and abandoned. The grief that you read about, the whole families, they would all gather at the one that they were waiting to hear if they were alive or died. Fifty people in the house, they'd get the phone call. There was weeping. Was their faith wavering? Do not waver in faith and ask why, because you think that you are alone and abandoned. This correlates with the message, nothing is by chance. It wasn't by chance that one pilot couldn't come to work because of his wife's operation. The other pilot had to fill that in. Nothing's by chance. And then he continues about the why. Instead, open your hearts, pray and believe firmly, and then your hearts will feel God's nearness and that God never abandons you. Many people that survive say that they felt the presence of God. Some thought they died that was buried shallowly in the debris. When they got out, they understood they were alive. 
And Our Lady says this very incredible statement about don't be asking whys, that you just pray with her heart and believe firmly. And she adds at the end of the message, through prayer and faith. Did you hear that? Through prayer and faith. Those two things, prayer and faith. God will answer your every why and transform your every pain, darkness, and cross into light. All these people who died, if they have prayer and faith, God will answer that? Yes. I can say so many different things have happened in regards to Medjugorje. So many things that lady's done with me. But I quit asking whys a long time ago. There are so many things and answers I've gotten, even 10, 15, 20, even 30 years later. I'm in my 33rd year with Medjugorje, and I don't have a lot of whys. And if I start thinking about that, I don't have to know now, but God will make me know it. He'll give the answer. Through prayer and faith, God will answer your every why, not some, every why, and transform your pain, darkness, and cross into light. These messages are really amazing when you start looking at them from this point. So Christmas continues. Yes, we're past January 1st, but Christmas is not over. It began on the 25th. People, even Christians, abort Christ the next day after Christmas. It continues. That's why we still have Christmas music playing on our radio wave. Why? Because it's the Christmas season. It's not just in church. It's in our season. It's our life. So 9-11 gives us a lot of lessons. In fact, one guy says, there were people said this was a biblical event. They felt apocalyptic events. They immediately went to the Bible and their thoughts. This is something bigger than man. This is something from evil and the light. Why is the 9-11 such a good example? There's tsunami hit India. Our lady didn't respond to that. There's so many catastrophes, different things and wars. Our lady's not responding to that. But 9-11, she did. It was at Yvonne's apparition where Our Lady appeared after the events of 9-11, when she appeared on the mountain, and she was weeping. That confirms this is something biblical. I don't mean it's in the Bible, but it is Antichrist. It is a system. It is a battle. And that changed the world. And we're still suffering from this. That was initiation of Satan showing his shameful face. His face was literally in the smoke coming out of the towers. And I said before that, Satan wants to show his shameful face. So reflect. We're still in the Christmas season. Reflect on what you're about to hear and how deep this is and how apocalyptic this is. And as far as going deeper into the direction of evil and what began at that point. You say you'll never forget where you were when you heard the news on September 11, 2001. Neither will I. I was on the 110th floor in a smoke-filled room with a man who called his wife to say goodbye. I held his fingers steady as he dialed. I gave him the peace to say, Honey, I'm not going to make it. But it's okay. I'm ready to go. 
I was with his wife when he called as she fed breakfast to their children. I held her up as she tried to understand his words. And as she realized he wasn't coming home that night. I was in the stairwell of the 23rd floor when a woman cried out to me for help. I've been knocking on the door of your heart for 50 years. I said, of course, I'll show you the way home. Only believe in me now. I was at the base of the building when the priest ministered to the injured and devastated souls. I took him home to tend his flock in heaven. He heard my voice and answered. I was on all four of those planes, in every seat, with every prayer. I was with the crew as they were overtaken. I was in the very hearts of the believers there, comforting and assuring them that their faith has saved them. I was in Texas, Kansas, London. I was standing next to you when you heard the terrible news. Did you sense me? I want you to know that I saw every face. I knew every name, though not all know me. Some met me for the first time on the 86th floor. Some sought me with their last breath. Some couldn't hear me calling to them through the smoke and flames. Come to me, this way, take my hand. Some chose, for the final time, to ignore me. But I was there. I did not place you in the tower that day. You may not know why, but I do. However, if you were there in that explosive moment in time, would you have reached for me? September 11th, 2001 was not the end of the journey for you. But someday your journey will end and I'll be there for you as well. Seek me now while I may be found. Then, at any moment, you know you're ready to go. I will be in the stairwell of your final moments. Remember, I love you.
Did you notice this Christmas there was something very, very different? It's pretty amazing. Clips that we pulled off for what we did in research, whether it was correspondence, it was in the stores, wherever it was, everybody was saying Merry Christmas. The employees were saying Merry Christmas, and the people responded back to Merry Christmas. It was prevalent. I heard Merry Christmas said more times this past Christmas from the secular entities and the companies and people, journalists, talking to each other after interviews, wishing Merry Christmas. What happened? What was different? Who tackled that? Was it the preachers? We've been there for the last 10 years. Was it the pastors? We've been there for the last 10 years. Nobody made any ways. Trump did. In 2018, he was saying Merry Christmas everywhere. He said, we're going to say Merry Christmas. He encouraged everybody to do that. When he had a podium at Christmas time, he'd have Merry Christmas on it. He shamelessly talked about Jesus Christ. Well, he's not a great Christian. Maybe he's not. But God knows his heart. One thing he's done, he's not ashamed of it. He's been strong. And we can point this back to him because he broke the ice on this. And all the taboo, the people, we can't say Merry Christmas, we're going to offend somebody. And people complain because he offends people. That characteristic gave us Merry Christmas across the whole land. Reflect right before Christmas how many times you heard it where you would never hear it. We can change the world. But you know what else I noticed this Christmas? A lot of joy. A lot of happiness. A lot of things that we haven't seen. Not because everything's good, but because people are looking toward God. Just like the 9-11 song just said, I was there. Whether it was Kansas, where it was in the tower, I'm there. And there were people asking, why am I stuck there? The people at the homes waiting for the loved ones, and then they got the news, they didn't make it. Everybody was asking, why? Why? You just heard it on the piece that you just listened to. When it said, but you may not know why, but I know why. And here's Yaakov gets this message from a lady. When you ask why, you think you're alone and you're abandoned. We're not supposed to be asking why. God will answer every one of those. And through the years and the months, many people got the answers when they turned to prayer and faith. Catastrophic things like this, of biblical proportions, will give us answers and draw us to God. The sweetness of this Christmas should be savored. And really what Ali is saying is to give words of consolation and compassion, works of righteousness to your neighbors, so that we can wish every day be like Christmas. Where there are even those bad neighborhoods, the people were moved even by Christmas Day. Not everybody, it's not perfect, but people's heart opens. There's a grace at Christmas. And the more we say Merry Christmas, the more we recognize Christ, the more peace will come. We'll see these things. In our hearts, why can't we make this day every day like Christmas? I hear the bells Saying Christmas is near They ring out to tell the world that this is the season of cheer I 
Singing sweetly somewhere And a glow fills my heart I'm at peace with the world As the sound of their singing Fills the air Oh, why can't every day Be like Christmas Why can't that feeling go on Endlessly For if every day Could be just like Christmas What a wonderful world This would be Telling Santa what to bring And the smile upon his tiny face Is worth more to me than anything Oh, why can't every day be like Christmas Why can't that feeling go on endlessly? For if every day could be just like Christmas, what a wonderful world this would be. Asking the song, why? Why what? Why can't that feeling go on endlessly? We already know the answer there. It's a rhetorical question because everybody should know it. Our lady said that today. Therefore, my children, love one another. Be united through my son. Who is the son? The baby in the manger. Be united through my Son, be children of God, who all together, not some together, all together with full, open, and pure heart, pronounce the Our Father. We're a family. We're brothers across the whole world. It don't matter where you come from. But are we putting ourselves in a position at this time of grace that we can be transfigured? We had a lady who wrote to us who was here Christmas in the field. It's a beautiful event if you've never been here. For those who are listening, you know what I'm saying. There's no words to explain it. But she wrote in front of the nativity with the music and the whole presentation and the rosary. She says, I felt like I was in the transfiguration with Peter, John, and James. Watching the transfiguration. There's a grace here. She got that grace. She said through the whole event, she felt like she was watching Jesus. She was deeply moved. It's up to our hearts to make every day like Christmas. I like to wake up in the mornings happy. And I'm more happy because I think it's funny 
when somebody's not happy, and I am, and they're showing their mood. I say a lot of times, what's wrong with you, Scrooge? And it makes me more happy, because I think it's funny. We don't have fun anymore. People don't know what fun is. Everything's so serious. Live life. That's what our lady has come for, to give us that. Our lady wants us to be happy. We know the visionaries have told us that our lady has laughed. When does she laugh? When somebody converts. That's a beautiful thing. Have you cried when you're happy? I have. I've laughed until I cried. I often do that. Saying so funny. But you have to have a happy heart. You have a desire for that, desire for life. Our memories are full of joys and sadness. But you can make a direction with your family and what you do in this Christmas and all the things that you talk about and be happy. Our lady desires that. Yes, there's pain, there's sorrows, difficulties, but our lady desires for us to laugh until we cry. Going through my closet the other day I found an old yearbook Flipped right to the page of that senior trip Down there on that Panama Strip We all started yelling when we smelled the beaches We only had a few days And a whole lot of memories to make Oh man, we were living Didn't waste one minute Talks and screamed and danced and said goodbye We laughed until we cried This past year my family Was sitting cross-legged round the Christmas tree Listening to Granddad We all knew it'd probably be his last he was cracking jokes and we were taking turns Telling stories about fishing or lessons learned Out on the porch with him We all felt like kids again Oh man, we were living Sitting there reminiscing We sang and talked and traveled back in time We laughed until Just the other night the baby was crying So I got out of bed and rocked her a while And I held her tight And I told her it would be alright And my mind went back to a few years ago When we tried so long we almost gave up hope And I remember you coming in and telling me the news Oh man, we were living Going crazy in the kitchen We danced and screamed and held each other tight We laughed until we cried
Life is too short not to be happy. Life has sadness in it. But are you going to see the goodness and the great grace we live in? My son Tony has a son that's five years old. We call him Little Tony. They're playing tractors on the floor. And after a while, Little Tony says to his dad, Dad, when did Mama have you? This is life. It's a beautiful thing. I tell you what's wrong with a lot of communities and places. There's no children. The story you just heard about Little Tony is another one. My daughter got married October 26, a month and a half ago, and little Tony's in the church. And he asked his mom, he said, what's that sign up there, up there on the cross? And she said, king of the Jews. So a week went around, another week went around, and they're back in church again, and he's pondering all this. And he says, mom, are we Jews? (laughs) See how children see things? Our Lady wants you to see that. She wants you to take her messages and believe it, like little children. Little Tony thought we were Jews because Jesus is Jew. And he's the king of us. He's over us. It's funny what kids say, what comes out of their mouth. If you're not a kid, if you don't be childlike, you will be miserable. Do you want to be an adult? I don't want to. Do I want to grow old? Yeah, because the Bible says, grow old with grace. But you don't have to not be a child. What does Our Lady call you? Little children, not children. Yes, dear children. But when she gets serious with you, she says, little children. I had the most fun here in this community with the little kids. I was preparing for the studio here a little while ago. Two of the kids come to the door. One of them is Luke. Little Luke is standing at the door. He says, Papa, my dad won't let me go down the creek. Little Jesse's next to him. They came over here to report their dad that they can't go to the creek. They got little kayaks down there. Well, it's raining. That kind of floods. I said, what do you say? He said, my dad won't let me go down to the creek. I said, Luke, you know what? And when it's raining like this, it can be flooding and he's looking out for you. Yeah, but he won't let me go down to the creek. See what he's doing. He's obeying his dad. And he's going to a higher authority that maybe can do some influence on his dad and say, hey, don't do this. Let these kids play because I do that. I want them to play. But I don't usurp the authority. And I explain to them, your dad's looking out for you because the creek may be flooding right now. You don't need to go down there. And if you get knocked out in a rock, you get knocked out, then you can drown. So you have to do what your dad says. And it's a joy to see this because they weren't going to be disobedient. But they do know I'm a higher authority over the whole community. So they came up there and they got to know because I support Luke's dad's authority. If he said that, even if I said something different, I would support his authority. Why? Because authority brings joy, unity, all together. We have to be underneath headship. That's a critically important thing today. And our lady just showed this. Our father... So I'm a spiritual father to that family. God put me in that position. But I support the authority underneath me and submit to that. But it's a beautiful lesson. Have they walked off in peace and obedience? And I smiled watching them walk down the hallway. What is your life about? Are you subordinate? Are you always being rebellious? Are you always asking why? 
There should be no wise in your life. There should be no insubordination. Be little children and love everyone, all your neighbors, all together. We wish you our lady. We love you. Good night. This ends the Radio Wave broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.